And so that's what I feel like is one of the more important things is not just what the horse can do, but what they can do consistently and in many situations. Welcome to the Horsewoman Project, a podcast where we talk about all things horsewoman, from relationships to truck issues, taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? Good. Went and worked out with my friend this morning. And nice. And I got to bed early at 10 o'clock. <laughs> Wow. It felt so nice. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that sounds nice. Yep. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Someday. Someday I'll go to sleep that early. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we really being honest with ourselves here, Michaela? <laughs> I know. I, so, I, so I added the maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. We lost like four feet of snow in two days oh really I was yeah. gonna ask you if it was super muddy there if you were getting any flooding on my ride yesterday the one of the roads was completely washed out so there on my stories if you go look at it you can you, you can see the road and it's already getting mm. super washed out Man. um and this okay talk about like what we were talking about last week the stupid truck normally <laughs> people have been really good with me riding like mm-hmm. they're normally pretty respectful they'll slow way down and then of course like they all recognize me so they're waving you know because it's such a small town but mm-hmm. this one truck he's coming down this road and I'm watching him and he's pulling a big trailer full of cows and he mm-hmm. is booking it I mean even just for just being on that road he is booking it mm-hmm. and I'm in the middle of trying to get her to cross this area so it's like the, the um, road is completely washed out. I mean, I kid you not, it's like that much water. So like four inches of water just mm. seeped on the road and then it's rushing down. And then there's water on the one side, water on the other side. And she's kind of like, where am I supposed to go? And she does okay with water, but we're like in the middle of the pond as he's coming down. Mm. I'm like, oh, like, like, let's get out of here. So I kind of push her off, but then I can't get her off to the side because it's rushing water on the side. Yeah, He does not even begin to slow down at all hits that hits that pond and you know everywhere just splashes water and I'm just looking at him and it made Sandy a little bit nervous with everything Mm because it was the big trailer with all the animals and then they didn't even slow down and then they hit the pond I mean and she reacted well if it wasn't Sandy like (laughs) I'm like it's a good thing my horse is selfish yeah (laughs) Yeah, like she was concerned, but she wasn't going to do anything crazy about it. Yeah, so. she was like, kind of the head in the air, a little bit tense. It was like, Mom, I'm like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's fine, it's fine. You control your anxiety, I'll control mine, okay? Like, stupid people. Anyways. Yeah. But well, other like- than that, like, that's the first time, though, since, like, everyone else has been really good yeah. about being on the road with me. I've been really pleasantly happy with everybody yeah. but granted spring is here all of a sudden there's like people <laughs> like, where are all these people coming from <laughs> i mean we're we're very active in the winter too we're we're in our snow clothes going for walks and walking the mm-hmm. dogs you know and you never see anybody and like yesterday we're we're driving up and like there's people walking on our road and we're like who are you <laughs> 
<laughs> so yes so now people are gonna start wandering around and driving more so we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes now that things are getting warmer <laughs> yeah but you just yeah. need to get some shovels out and dig ditches like speed dips <laughs> <laughs> there we go well i think the water is doing that for me i mean I know. geez <laughs> well that's what we did in in my yard so we put a gate up to get into my backyard so now people can't just speed back into my arena area because clients will be like if they're running late or like even one of my clients he's just a he drives a truck and trailer everywhere so he's just really good at it so he's like you know I can maneuver through this space at this faster speed and I'm like no like my dogs my kids like ah and so now I'm like now there's a gate so you have to stop and get out and open the gate. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's very wise. Because it's that, it's like, I know you can. It's not It's not a question of can. It's a question of should. Yeah. Should you yes. do it? <laughs> Is this safe in my driveway when I have a six and an eight-year-old? And dogs. And, dogs and, and, and chickens and, and ducks and yeah, all the and things. horses that you are training. Yeah. Now but, they have to slow down. So. Yes, the gate's a good idea. <laughs> and Larry put a wheel on the gate for me too, so it slides nice. open really nicely. I was like, yay! We actually took one of the kids' old training wheels from their bike, <laughs> put it on the edge of the gate. Perfect. Looks <laughs> like that works well. <laughs> Seriously, that's actually a good idea. I might have to do that because I've been looking at the actual gate wheels. They're expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like for just a little wheel. <laughs> right no the training wheel thing works really well because you just take the little piece that you know comes up Mm -hmm. like here's the wheel and then it kind of comes up to connect to the bike instead of connecting it to the bike you just screw it into your gate yeah works great so yeah i'm gonna have to try that okay really quick thing apollo is dreaming i'm gonna put the microphone by him Did you hear that? A little bit of it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was... <laughs> no, you're good. I think it's hilarious. They'll dream and then they'll like twitch. And they're like, oh, I'm like, chasing? what are you chasing? <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, anyway... So I made a post, what, two weeks ago, I think, on Facebook about... Was it only two weeks ago? Wow. I think so, yeah. Yeah. It was fairly recently. It's been a long two weeks. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this post just talked about, you know, what is broke? What is is a broke horse? Because there's a lot of these beginners that want to get these horses that are 60 to 90 day starts and... And, uh, and think that it's suitable for a beginner. So um, we just kind of wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that topic today and uh, talk about why beginners should not have 60 to 90 day or even six month cults. <laughs> yeah. Be prepared, so I guess, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a few stories. Stories um, and opinions on this one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one of the things that I think is a pretty big misconception with the word broke is people will see a horse that a trainer has had for, you know, like this average 60, 90 day contract. 
okay, sometimes even 30. And the trainer will have this horse walking, trotting, loping on a loose rein, able to turn, able to stop, um, able to carry flags and 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 do um, like even rope. They'll have them started roping on the dummy. Um, and and people will see this and think, oh, I can I can handle that horse. Look, he's broke. And the horse is not broke yet. <laughs> So if you've got a two, three, even a four-year-old that has just a light start on it like that, just, you know, under six months time, they, they can do certain things, but can they repeat them consistently? Can they repeat them in, you know, go take them to a, a show environment in that high stress environment? Are they able to do all of the same things and can they repeat? And, and like I said, consistently do those same things that they have been taught by that one trainer, can they repeat those with lots of different riders? Um, and so that's what I feel like is one of the more important things is not just what the horse can do, but what they can do consistently and in many situations. And to be honest, like Colts from my program, they have usually seen one, maybe two arenas because I do a lot of the just foundational work of let's teach you these skills so that then later on, when we do start hauling you and taking you places, then we have this foundation to build on where I can say, okay, now you know how to calm your brain down. You know how to calm your feet down. You know how to um, learn to refocus on me so that we have the skills that we need to handle a new situation. But I tell you what, even with like my horse Freya, when I take her into new environments, she gets antsy and she gets anxious and she is not the same horse that she is at home. And part of that is my fault. If any of you have listened to our previous episodes that, that I have, um, I expected a lot of Freya early on when I hauled her places. And so it was a very high anxiety state for both her and I, um, and we're, we're doing some backtracking on that, but even still, you know, in new environments, horses get, get anxious and they get nervous and they get uncertain um and if you're a beginner and you don't know how to handle a horse that's uncertain then the horse is going to get uncertain and they might start prancing and then you're going to be thinking oh my goodness what am I supposed to do with this horse is it going to rear is it going to buck is it going to do anything and if you don't have the skills to be able to coach your horse and train your own horse through that you're going to be in a big pickle <laughs> whether it be bolting or or even just creating habits with your horse of of them prancing for two hours and just you know lifting their feet because they can't hold still and they don't know how to control their brain um and so there's there's a lot of things that go into getting a quote-unquote broke horse um, so what are your thoughts Michaela <laughs> I agree, but I think broke looks very different for very different people, right? Like broke for me, yes. broke for you is going to look very different because of our mm -hmm. skill levels. So I think too, just realizing you need to understand your skill level. And if you're somebody who is a beginner, who doesn't have much horse experience, who doesn't have somebody who can ride their horse for them for years, mm -hmm. then yeah, 60 day starts, 90 day starts, definitely not the place to go because there's just so much in there. And like Camry's saying, Freya is really solid, a very solid yeah. horse, right? Sandy, my mare, very solid, 
but that doesn't mean that that they're not going to have their moments right and Mm -hmm. and it's like I consider Sandy very broke very you know reliable but at the same time she's reliable in I know she's going to react this way in this situation you know and Mm -hmm. and Sometimes that does look like prancing around. Sometimes that looks like flipping her head. Sometimes that looks like not being able to saddle for 30 minutes because she's so anxious about different things and we have to work on, work on other things, but that doesn't mean she's not broke for me. Right. Yeah. Well, you have the skill set to handle that. Exactly. Exactly. So just know your skill set for sure. But I know Camry, you have very similar experiences to me in helping people try to find horses and really talking with them about like, Hey, you know, you're a beginner. You've been either doing lessons with one of us or, or whatever for only so long. And it's really easy for those people to, to, um, to want the babies. Yes. And, and want to buy for pretty. And, you know, like I get that a lot too, where it's like, oh, I want the big flashy horses. Cause man, they're just so gorgeous to look at. But oftentimes the big flashy horses, you know, especially if, if where the price tags at, you know, <laughs> are not going to be trained. So, yeah, um, we've definitely both experienced quite a bit where we'll have a beginner, you know, want a baby and it, it can be very hard to talk them out of and sometimes impossible. I've, I've had a few experiences where I couldn't talk them out of it. They just went ahead and bought it. And then we ended yeah. up with lots of accidents. Yeah. Um, because their skill level and the horse's skill level did not match. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one example that I mentioned in the post, I didn't go into a lot of detail in it, um, but it was this 83-year-old woman that was a client of mine, super sweet gal. Her and her husband were awesome people, but she had raised this paint horse uh, for since it was a baby and it was coming three and she wanted me to start it for her and it was such a struggle trying to convince her that this was not a good fit she hadn't ridden horses in like 15 plus years and she had next to zero experience with green horses and he was a very like he threw me Mm. he bucked me off he was highly anxious he was a goer like just wanted to go 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 and just not a good fit and I I was very very honest with her of he's a good horse he's got potential but he's gonna need a very experienced handler for a very long time to get the experience he needs to be safe for you Um, and honestly especially with those horses that are more anxious more of a goer um, and just a little bit more on the reactive side an 83 year old woman that doesn't have the the riding muscles that help keep you in the saddle when a horse does even if he doesn't buck you know even if they just dart sideways a little bit because they're uncertain if you don't have those muscles built up in your core in your arms in your legs um you're gonna get dumped sideways um and it's things like that 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 um that make me very worried because you know when you're in your 80s that's that could put you in a wheelchair the rest of your life. It could kill you too. I mean, it could, it could break your hip. It could break your leg. It could do all sorts of things. And, and um, so I actually, I did put some time on him and then um, sent him to a different trainer that was going to go and just put 
miles on him and take him out on the trails and go and do all these other things. And, and that guy worked with him for a few months and, and, um, but I, I don't know what all ended up happening with the situation. She didn't get back with me, but, um, I, I highly recommend it. I said, okay, now that, now that he's got some of this time from me, he needs to have an experienced rider, ride him for months longer before you ever get on. Um, because that is, it is a dicey situation and, and, uh, especially horses like that, that are a bit more, um, on the reactive side, they're going to react to their riders insecurities a lot more than just kind of your, your half drafty, like the you know, I don't care about anything. You know, you get these more anxious horses and as soon as their rider goes, I'm not sure how to handle this then the horse is like, wait, you don't know how to handle this. Like what? <laughs> I don't right? know how to handle this. <laughs> and so it's, it's um, the blind leading the blind. Right. <laughs> and uh, so just be very aware of what you're buying. Um, if you buy, buy a horse or even if you raise one, um, because even no matter how much time you put into them, because she did, he was gentle. He'd follow her around the yard and he was easy to catch and easy to put in the trailer and do all these things. But his riding experience is still limited. Um, and so I think that's one thing that people think, you know, if I raise him right and if I have him gentle and if I do these things, it'll be fine. Um, but it's not even just the reactivity of it either. Um, a lot of it, I feel like, has to do with the ability to train your horse when you ride, if that makes sense. Because some, I've, I've actually had quite a few clients say this to me, of, oh, I can get on and ride a horse, but as far as training goes, I'm not a trainer. And, and I always kind of like chuckle in the back of my mind, being like, well, you kind of have to be, to a point. I mean, de depending on how broke your horse is, but even if your horse is really broke, they're not a car they're not an ATV, they're going to learn or unlearn something every time you ride them, right? And so if you get a colt, even if it is one of these gentle, gentle ones that just plod along and they're not scared of anything because you've done the groundwork with them, they're still going to have to learn the skills of staying between your legs and knowing to move their shoulder, move their rib cage, move their hip, um, bend their head and, and, you know, lateral bend and vertical flexion and all these things. And if you don't know how to consistently release when you need to release and, and stay consistent with your horse, you're going to have all sorts of your horse just like shoving through the bit and wandering over here when you're trying to turn them over this way and, and things like that. So even if it's not a, you know, bucking, bolting, that type of situation, there's still going to be a lot of just communication gaps of being able to teach your horse what you want it to know so yeah well and just to play the devil's advocate here too because like as you're talking I can see oh yeah Kimmy but my horse is just going to be a trail horse like he doesn't need to know how to bet he doesn't need to know how to how to <laughs> vertically flex or laterally flex or however you said it right like you're saying a lot of fancy stuff here my horse doesn't need to be fancy <laughs> <laughs> But I think the biggest thing with what Camry is saying is a horse that knows how to do those things is going to be a horse that's going to respond. Yes. Because a trail horse, you know, even if your horse is just going to plod along on a loose rein on the trail, that's all that you ever expect of him. He's still going to need to know like, oh, when, when he spooks at something that the pressure that you apply is not 
scarier pressure, you know, is not, not something that he's going to react bigger to. So like, do you have to be a professional trainer? No, No. but if you're not, you just need to get, get a horse that's, that's at that same level as you are, a horse that doesn't need the training. Yeah. Yeah. And there are those horses that are a little bit more point and shoot, right? You know, they're one hand handy where you can just move your hand to the left and they'll turn left and you move your hand to the right and they turn right and that's all you need them to do and and that's good and and it's good to find those type of horses because that's another point um that some people did bring up in the comments on the post that I made was broke can look very different to very many different people which is kind of what you were saying a few minutes ago so as a beginner you don't want to buy a fancy fancy trained dressage horse or a fancy push button rainer (laughs) because they have so many little tiny subtle cues that they know how to respond to when they are trained to that level and when you are a little bit more on the beginner to intermediate side of riding your legs might not be where they should be or you're going to be telling this horse to do things that you don't realize you're even telling it to do (laughs) and so like, and it's gonna be scary when that horse spins out from underneath you. Yeah, no right. <laughs> So it was like I had one of my students that was getting to be more on the intermediate side and and not so much beginner anymore. And so I put her on my husband's horse, Lola. And Lola is very sensitive. Like you say go, and she is gone. You know, she is ready to go at any point in time. Super safe though, as far as like doesn't have an ounce of buck in her doesn't rear doesn't you know none of those bad habits and so and I had talked to my student I'm like okay she's gonna be a little faster you know she's she's got a lot of go-to are you good with that and this client was just super confident and and so she's like oh yeah 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 so we we get her on Lola and she I had a rider in the round pen the first few times just so she could get a feel for her with a little bit more containment um just in case she went faster than she was hoping for and then we bring her out into the arena and uh, Lola decided to run and just like, and it was because the, the student had lost one of her stirrups, I believe is what had happened. And so then she squoze, which Lola was like, let's go. <laughs> and so she starts running, but then the student is just like unable to, she's panicking, right? You know, she's like, oh my gosh, the horse is running. And and Lola just does like a flying lead change and then comes back around, does another flying lead change and, and just goes around. And, and this student was like, <laughs> and I think I had shared part of this story um, another in another episode, but yeah, it was just funny to see how it was like, yeah, no, we can't, we can't put even intermediates on her because she's just too, has too many buttons. Too she's much. too sensitive. She's too much. And not that she's unsafe right? She's, she's not the bucker. She's not the bolter. She's not, and she wasn't bolting. She was actually responding. Like her run was a very controlled run. You know, she wasn't bulgy eyed and panicking and and doing anything like that. Um, She was responding in that run, but it's because she's used to running full speed and having her brain with her because she's a rope horse. So she's used to coming out full, full gear and and doing those things so she yeah she wasn't bolting she was just like this is what I'm supposed to do right (laughs) and that's that can destroy confidence in someone pretty quick is having a horse run like that even though it was a controlled run in Lola's perspective 
in my client's perspective, that was really scary. Right. And um, so you don't want to get into things like that, where your horse is going to do things you don't want them to do and, and, uh, and scare you or, and or scare your horse because then your horse is like, well, now what? Like, what are you telling me to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your horse starts losing trust in you. I feel like if you repeat situations like that over and over again, where your horse is like, I think I'm doing what I'm doing, but then your energy is panicked. And so then the horse is like, wait, what? And they don't quite understand. And yeah, it, it can create a little bit of distrust, I think, between horse and rider. So Yeah. Well, and also from a different perspective, too. Most people, if the horse is doing what they don't think they told them to do, the horse is going to get in trouble. Yep. Right? Like, I can think of a lot of situations with people who got horses that are too much, and it's like, okay, my horse is spinning. Why is this, you know, stinking horse spinning and and getting upset with it? Even though the horse in his brain is doing what he thinks the mm-hmm. rider's telling him to do. Like, no horse is going to do something that he, <laughs> mo- okay, not no horse, but most horses are not going to do things that they don't think that's what you're asking especially if they've been pretty well trained Mm -hmm. um but if you don't have the experience to realize that or to know that it can cause a lot of issues because then you're going to come back and punish the horse for something that he's doing actually right (laughs) right so so in that aspect too definitely can break down a lot of um trust in that relationship you have with your horse for sure um and then as you were sorry go ahead oh no you go Oh, just as you're talking too, because I'm thinking <sighs> different horses are broke for different situations, right? So like, even if yes. you have the high, the high performance reiner, that horse knows his job in the arena. He knows his job with, with all the craziness of shows, right? But you take him out to a trail, he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, there's going to be those different levels as well. I've ridden quite a few of those horses for people who are high level dressage, high level rainers, but know nothing outside of the arena. Yeah. Right. And so it's like in the arena, they are the most solid horses outside yeah. of the arena. They know nothing and they are not solid and they, and they need that work with somebody who is solid. So also just realizing your horse's experience can be very yeah. different. Like like kind of what you were saying, even if you do buy something that's really well broke and it's been there, done that, but it's been there, done that. What does that mean? What does that actually mean? Yeah. What have they done really? Been, yeah. been where really, you know? Yeah. Um. So just making sure you take all of that into consideration as well when you're looking yeah. at a horse. Well, and if you are looking for that step up horse, like say you're kind of coming beginner into intermediate, right? And you're starting to, to be able to do more and feel a lot more confident doing things. Um, and you do want to get a step up horse, uh, a good idea would be to, you know, like say it is in raining, go take raining lessons, right? On a horse that knows what they're doing um, and and with a coach that's going to coach you. And then once you feel a little bit more comfortable with more of those skills on a horse that knows how to handle you know, newer riders, things like that, then you can buy a horse that, um, that you want to work with and that you want to have as your own horse and take that horse for lessons. Uh, because that's one of my favorite things to do actually is help riders when they buy a new horse, help them learn how to communicate with that horse. So I actually just had a client that I've had her for over a year and she's been bringing the same horse to me. And 
and now she decided she wants to start bringing her other horse because she's finally got her her first horse working really good and, and doing all the things she wants her to do. Um, and so she brought this other horse in and she's like, yeah, we really don't know like a lot about him. And and the, the previous people said he's really like just kind of plow reining and and um, it was really fun because I've had them for what, three, three lessons now. And it's it's been fun helping her realize how he communicates with her just a little bit different than her other horse does um, and how his personality is just a little bit different and, and how to handle him and some of the things that apply to both horses. Right. And so I'm like, oh, you know, that one thing we did with this horse, we can do that with this guy, too, to help him with the same thing, because both of them are were a little bit um, high anxiety. Um, and so this this new horse was starting to sweat when he was here at my arena and he was just sweating out of nervousness. Right. Not because we were running him and running him. And but it's so fun to be able to to help riders learn to communicate and, and build trust, build a relationship and build communication skills with a new horse. It's just so fun. Uh, so don't hesitate to contact trainers or instructors and see if they will instruct you on your own horse um, and it's not even just clinics because I feel like a lot of people think that with things like that you need to go to a clinic because if you go take lessons it's on the instructor's horses not your own so I feel like a lot of people don't realize you can take lessons on your own horse um, and but there are trainers out there that do that that teach you on your horse um, so look up some of those people and if you're really looking for that step up horse so that they can help you realize, okay, your horse did this because you miscommunicated this thing to them um, and realize that, okay, your horse wasn't just being naughty there. He was doing what he thought he was supposed to do, right? Um, it's just so fun. So, Yeah, well, and honestly, I'm trying to think of any person that I know who wouldn't take you on your own horse. I really can't think of somebody most of the time I mean if somebody had their own horse the only thing that I would see there is just if you're at a bigger barn and there's multiple trainers that probably is when you have a little bit of a harder time as far as finding somebody who can just say oh yeah bring your horse over but yeah mm. for sure find somebody who's going to work with you and your own horse I'm with Camry it's one of my favorite things to do because mm -hmm. I can teach you on my lesson horses all day long but it's going to be very hard for you to find my lesson horse somewhere else you know yeah because like my lesson horses have been trained to my style which is what I'm teaching you how to do and are extremely solid because I need them to be right um but when you go out to find your own horse it's that those horses lesson horses are hard to find you know they they're amazing um and it can be really hard to try to find that same temperament sometimes um and I was just thinking too, as, as you're talking, cause, um, like I, like we've said, both you and I have had instances with clients like these where, um, for me, it's that they're in my lesson program, they're doing really well. They've had great experiences. So their confidence is super, super high, but they're on my lesson horses. Right. So then they're like, okay, I want to go buy this horse and they're sending it to me. And I'm like, Ugh, not the right fit. Right. And then they'll get frustrated with me. Cause I'm like, well, you're just telling me no all the time with all these horses and I'll send them horses that I'm like, well, try this horse and it's not pretty enough or, you know, whatever. And, uh, but then they'll end up buying a horse that I'm like, all right, you know, you, you bought it. And 
and you know they've almost always had there's there's been a couple of times I will say where somebody's bought a or a horse where I'm like oh I, I don't think so um but and the horse turned out to be pretty good um but majority of times the horses normally ended up not being able to handle the rider and it is interesting from just the trainer lesson person perspective because because as you were talking I'm like okay how could we help facilitate somebody who's in our programs right um and wants a more up-level horse how can we help facilitate that because I was thinking like with one client in particular his confidence was extremely high with the horse I had him on but his level of skill was not to a point to advance to my other horses that I have in my lesson programs. Cause I had, I had a multiple levels of horses, right. But I knew if I'd put him on one of my other horses, that there was a chance we could have an accident. And so I hadn't advanced him to those horses, but then when he went and bought his own horse, his, his own horse was way past any of the level my horses were on. Like, I mean, we had bucking issues and rearing issues and like, you know, really, really big issues. Um, so I've just been thinking like self-reflecting. I'm like, okay, what could I have done to help him understand his level without destroying his confidence at the same time? Because in this situation, I'm like, oh, I don't want to put him on these higher level horses that I had because one his, his skill level was not there to handle that horse. And two, my biggest job is to keep riders safe and to also keep my horses safe and not get my horses more frustrated as well. So what are your opinions, Camry, on that? Yeah, I'm trying to think kind of the same along those lines of, well, how do we get them the skills, um, without dinging their confidence or without giving them more than they can handle right um and it makes me kind of think of practicing practicing a skill before you need a skill um so i feel like maybe some of the things that could keep them safer on like being able to teach a horse to bend for relaxation right um so that any time if they were to get into any kind of situation, they would be able to bend the horse around and get them to come spiral down to a stop, right? Um, so maybe some of those things so that then we can start introducing some of those other things. But if they start like getting overwhelmed or they can't do it, then we can just bring the horse down. Um, so that's a little bit of an option there. Um, and then I I don't know. It's... I think maybe you could use a slightly more skilled horse. Um, but the problem with that is you're going to have to spend the time as the instructor afterwards to hop back on that horse, reschool it so that the horse doesn't get confused. Cause I think that's the hard thing to balance is if you put someone on a horse that doesn't know the nuances of, you know, lifting that rib cage up and out and and doing the the two tracking of like moving their hip inward and keeping their shoulder outward so that they're going on a straight line with two different sets of tracks um when you're trying to teach a new student that and they put their leg in the wrong position or they do which they're going to do because they haven't learned the skill yet right that's part of learning is that 
you get it wrong before you get it right, you know, and that's a normal part of the process. But in that process, the horse might get very confused. Um, and so it's, I think it's hard to balance. Okay, how much do we need to make sure that horse still is doing what it needs to be doing despite the confusing miscommunication of cues? And then how much do we need to help that student to progress? Um, so maybe, yeah, just hopping on afterwards, making sure you school the horse and that they know what they're supposed to be doing and, <laughs> yeah. and that the horse doesn't get frustrated. Because I think if you were to put a more beginner to intermediate person on a slightly more advanced horse too often without having a skilled person in between to help fill in the blanks and, and correct a few things, uh, that horse might get pretty darn confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, and... So too like the higher level horses are not um most of the time I have found because because they are higher level they're so focused on what you are doing and trying to do the right thing mm -hmm. they don't make the best lesson horses because they're so high focused on on everything and yes. so it's really easy for them to get burned out and then that's when other behaviors start to creep up as they just can't handle mm -hmm. the, the people that are telling them all the different things and, and they yeah. can't handle it. Right. Um, but no, that's a good point as well as like making sure you school the horse in between. And I'm thinking too, just from, um, a rider perspective, cause it's like, okay, I don't want to, don't want to ding their confidence. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I don't, no matter how much you teach them with, with the horse that they're on, it's like, yeah, they're very, very confident in doing emergency stops with this horse and doing side passing with this horse and doing with that horse. Right. But the mm -hmm. moment they get on a higher level horse, it's a, it's a different animal, right? It's mm -hmm. a, it's a very different perspective. So even, even then it's just making sure you can control it well enough. So like, oftentimes I would just lunge line at least so I've got yeah. somewhat of a control of of what's going on so I can at least bring the horse in slowly if the person just starts having a hard time but even yeah. then it's just it's a hard balance to do sometimes depending on the person and with like the the client I'm thinking of specifically like he was not at a point where I'd even want to advance him to any yeah. of my higher courses, right? Like the only reason I'm even questioning that is just because he wanted his own horse, you know? Mm -hmm. And and the horses that that he kept sending me and kept looking at were just not the right horses. Um, but it was really hard to tell him that until um he'd gone somewhere to try out this horse that he was in love with, he was gonna bring home, and the horse bucked him off. Mm. And then that he was like, oh now I'm, I'm understanding like what yeah. you're telling me. Right. But it took him getting hurt for that to, to realize happen. that and it's like, how can, how can we facilitate that without you getting hurt? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like how, how could we, how can we do that? And honestly, I don't, I don't know if there is a way that I could have done it in my, in my yeah. capacity. Right. But it just is an interesting thought to have of like, cause it is until you actually, until it happens, Especially yeah. when you're, especially when you're on that high end of the confidence roller coaster that we've talked about, like mm -hmm. when you're up there, gosh, you can handle anything. Right. And it just takes once for that confidence to go all the way back down. You know? Yeah. Well, and I yeah. do feel like, like sometimes you can learn things by others experiences, right. And by a coach telling you something, but some things it's almost like you have to learn them the hard way. 
and maybe not have to, but it solidifies it more in your brain when you learn it firsthand and you experience it firsthand of, oh crap, like this did actually happen. Like they weren't just saying things, right? <laughs> like, okay, funny sort of tangent, but it's relatable. So, <laughs> so Thea, my daughter, she's six, almost seven. She'll be seven next week. And uh, she has been practicing, quote unquote, cheer with her friends at recess. Okay, so they have been, my, my daughter's tiny, and her friends have been lifting her for like cheer lifts, like lifting her uh -huh. above their heads. And I was like, Thea, you cannot do that. And she'll like, she tried to have her friends do it when we were at a wrestling match while she was waiting for her turn. And they were doing it on the tile. And I was like, <gasps> and so I was like, Thea, you cannot do that. Like no more being lifted. No more. Like that's, that is not safe. If you're going to do lifts like that, you need to do it at your gym where they have the big mats that you fall on, you know, the gym mats. And I'm like, you can't do it. And she's like, we'll lay down our coats. And I'm like, no, that's not enough padding. Like <laughs> you, you cannot. And she's very good at listening. Like she, for her age, I'm like, wow, you listen really well. And so she's been telling her friends that, well, my mom says that I can't be lifted. And she came home yesterday and told me this story of her friend that they were lifting. And she's like, she came in with this big bruise on her knee, mom, because she fell when they lifted her. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, Thea, like, that's so sad. Do you understand now why I didn't want you to be lifted? And she looks at me with big eyes and she's like, yeah, I'm really glad they didn't lift me. <laughs> like, she was just like, I understand now. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, like it was just her knee, but like, what if she'd fallen on her head? You know, like she could have gotten stitches or she could have like broke her arm if she landed funny. And, but it was just so it's always fun when you see like see them connect the dots of like this is why my coach or my mom or my dad told me this mm -hmm. because this happened and like Thea learned it by seeing it happen to her friend but you know it could have been her and she could have yeah. learned it by her being the one to fall down and get that big bruise on her knee but sometimes you do have to see it firsthand whether mm -hmm. it be you know seeing it right in front of you happening to someone else or having it happen to yourself sometimes you just have to see it firsthand for it to really click in your brain and make sense like okay this is real you know yeah. it's not just some bogus safety rule that I don't need to listen to and so yeah, yeah. and you know what and even then some people still just need to experience it yep. I tell you what though being the coach in those situations is the most stressful thing ever <laughs> I've had a couple of girls where I'm like I almost wish I hadn't helped them build their confidence quite so high because <laughs> gosh I mean because when uh one one client in particular she came to me and her confidence was very low like it, mm -hmm. it took a while but man once we dug into it and we and we got her back up it was it was to a point I was like, she is going to get herself extremely hurt because she got to a point where her confidence was so high that then she knew more than me, you know, then it was like, oh, well, I think I know more than you now. Right. So it's like in different situations. Oh man, she, she would put herself into some interesting situations, not in my lessons, obviously, but outside with, with her own horses. 
that, and it, it just was that it was like, you know, it's just, it's going to take her getting hurt before she realizes that, oh, okay, I need to, I need to come down a level. And I've been there too. You know, I've been, I have been at the tops of those where my confidence was way too high <laughs> and, and needed to be knocked down a, a level so I could be safe again. Um, yeah. Well, happens. that does, it does. You get served that humble pie, right? It's like, okay, <laughs> and take that step why. back and reevaluate things. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and then just doing the work when you do have that time to ask yourself like, okay, is this something I want to continue to explore or do I want to be done? Yeah. And you can, you know, and there's no shame in being done either. Cause I know we talk oh. a lot about like how to stay in, how to, you know, but it's okay to be done too, sometimes too. Um, yeah, it is valid and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay if it's not for you anymore. Yeah. And um, just because it was a big part of your life at one point in your life, doesn't mean that we don't go through different phases in our lives where different things take priorities and different things uh, matter more to us. And, and that's, that's okay. You know, like just because you were once a horse person doesn't mean you have to be always, you know, it, if you want it to be then great. But I think it's so good to go through different, different phases and stages in our life where different things take a front seat and, and yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it allows you to grow more as a person, too, to have all those different experiences. It does. So, for sure. Anyways, mm -hmm. I feel like broke is dependent on you. <laughs> yes. Is what we're coming down on. Know your level. Know your skill set. If you have only ever ridden beginner level lesson horses, go somewhere who has a higher level or ask your coach if you can ride a higher level horse. Um, just to get an idea of where your skill really is at too, before you go buy a horse. Um, and that would be, you know, very helpful. Always ride horses before you buy them too, please. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, um, I'm thinking of, it was Walt Woodard, I believe, um, that my husband went to his, uh, team roping clinic that he put on in Utah a few months ago. And, he had said something about, I think it was 2000 that he wants to rope on a horse 2000 times before he feels like that horse is broke to rope 2000. That is a lot. And that's just with the roping. That's not even building all of the prerequisites before you rope. Um, and so that's one thing that I like to point out with people with, you know, what is broke. You want a horse that has in my opinion, I would I would say at least two years of riding experience. Some horses, I think you could get away with a year. Um, but anything that's six months or younger, they just don't have the miles, the experience, the consistency of multiple riders in multiple situations and, and things like that that are really going to help you find a horse that that is solid in lots of situations and things. So if you are looking for a little bit more of just that broke horse, um, don't don't look at these 90 day horses because <laughs> even though they look really cool and and great with this trainer um you will run into a lot of a lot of headaches and and things where you're where you struggle and it, and it might take your confidence down quite a bit or even get you hurt or in the hospital so that's a big thing is just lots of repetition in that horse so so what does um two years of riding look like Camry to you 
Um, I mean, that is two years of, I would say at least once or twice a week of being ridden. So I'm not talking about two years of like being pulled out every three months to go on a little ride. Um, I'm talking about like, okay, even for instance, my horse, uh, Hickory, he's turning five this year and he is one of those more steady eddies, right? He's just chill and, and pretty good about most things and not a big overreactor. Um, and, but we, <laughs> with a lot of trainers, our own horses come last, uh, always the client horse comes first. And, and so he's been worked with like once a week ish sometimes especially in the winter a little bit less just because we don't have the daylight hours um and even with him he gets to where he's he doesn't always respond the way that he should because we haven't been as consistent with him and so he will like he's starting to learn to rope this year but he will sometimes just push through the bit um, especially with something as high intensity as as roping where he's we're just starting to get him where he's not roping the dummy anymore he's starting to rope live cows um, and putting him in that new situation with a live cow versus the fake cow, his brain kind of gets excited and thinking, ooh, cow, and then he kind of forgets about his rider. Um, and so that's what I mean about, you know, those those new situations, because Hickory didn't respond the same way with a live cow as he did with the roping dummy, the fake cow. And so that's that's how your horse is going to be if they haven't had, you know, at least a, several different arenas or if you want an arena horse or several different trails if you want a trail horse. And it is unique depending on your needs um, and, and what you want to do with your horse. But overall, just consistency, not sitting for months and months and then something because Hickory has had a certain amount of consistency. You know, it has been fairly regular um, just not five days a week like my training horses. So there's a little bit of a difference there. Five days a week, you're going to get a whole different horse in two years than a horse that's had one time a week in two years. Um, and that just depends, again, on your experience level, what you're comfortable with, the unique personality of each horse. And um, yeah, a lot of different factors that go into it. But yeah, lots of lots and lots of different things, different exposures, experiences. The more your horse has been exposed to, the better better off you're going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and the reason I want like wanted clarification there because it's like my Mustang. Yeah, sure, he's got five, six, seven years of riding experience, but you look at his total days ridden, and he's got fifty mm -hmm. in five years. You know, yeah. So and even with me, um, because I I have to spend my time with my mare, so gosh, this last year, I'm trying to think this last year, since we've moved to Idaho, actual ridden days, he's probably had like three, maybe mm. in the last year. Yeah. Right. And yeah, he's a pretty solid guy. Like he's not going to buck or anything, but he's still, he's a horse that doesn't quite have all the skill sets that a real true broke horse would need to have. Right. Even though it's like, because I see so many posts too. It's like, oh, well, this horse is the same, even if you leave him for six months and then he, he'll saddle up nice and go out great. And it's like, yes, but that's still different because that's how my Mustang is. Got him mm -hmm. out, saddled him up uh, this weekend. Sure, saddles up great. Has no issue with me getting on him. But like when we start trotting, he stops. 
for no reason, you know, and <laughs> plants his feet. And he like still does not quite get leg cues. He still doesn't quite get how to turn left, but sure, he saddles up great. He goes out great, but it looks very different, right? So when you look at posts like that too, just, just take that with a grain of salt and realize, okay, so the horse, you know, doesn't buck the second you put the saddle on but what does it actually look like? Like what, what does the horse do and how does he react? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it makes me think of, I mean, think of it as a car. Like I know we talk about horses aren't cars, but stick with me here for a second. You wouldn't take your car out on the road if sometimes your accelerator just stopped working or your brakes all of a sudden cut out and you didn't have any brakes or your steering wheel only worked 75% of the time. You know, you would not take that out on the road. You would not. Mm-hmm. It would not be safe. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it is with these horses that like, yes, they're good most of the time, <laughs> but they just don't have that that consistency for things to work the same every time for them to have the same responses to the same cues every time in multiple situations, any time of day, you know, like that they can do these things all the time. So just make sure that your horse has the skills they need to keep you safe in your whatever situation you're going to be putting them in. Don't, don't be getting on horses that don't have brakes. You need brakes, <laughs> you know, you need your brakes to work. You can't go out on the, on the highway. And then all of a sudden you're coming to a stoplight and well, crap, my brakes don't work. Hopefully it works mm-hmm. out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you might skid through the light and, and, and miss the, the other car coming from the other lanes, but you might just have a head on collision, you know? So don't, don't put yourself in those risky situations. Make sure you've got that consistency and have all the parts working that need to be working. So yeah, hundred percent. And you know what too, cause I'm in a situation right now, like I said, I, I just don't have the time to put the miles into my Mustang right now. And to be quite honest, like I hope that I can send him to a trainer or somebody else who can put the miles on him for me. It is hard though, Camry, I will say, <laughs> to find a trainer that I'm like, isn't going to undo everything that I've already done with my Mustang. The struggle is real (laughs) because I've, I found a few people where I'm like, oh, well I could probably have him put just some miles on him and and just work on him for me. And then like the wife, or I've talked to like a wife of, of the trainer and she's like, oh yeah, my husband's great. Like he's a great trainer, but man, sometimes he's not very nice to the horses and it makes me a little sad. I'm like, well, crossing him off. My list, you know? <laughs> You're like, like nope. <laughs> I try to find a trainer that is going to listen to my horse the way that I want them to be listened to the way that I want them to be able to be handled is really hard. So I feel, yeah, guys, if you're, if you're in the same situation, send them to Camry. If you can, <laughs> she'll listen to them. <laughs> If you can't, I'm in the same boat right now and trying to find somebody around here that, because like I said, I mean, he is, he is solid. He just needs the fine tuning. He just needs that consistency of, Hey, this is what stop means. Hey, this is what turn lefts means. Hey, this is not okay for you to just stop like this. You need to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) And it's stuff that I can do. It's just the time. It's just hard to find that time, especially when um priorities are elsewhere yeah yeah 
Yeah. He's got a good little life on your little track system though. Oh, he does. No. And <laughs> I did tell my husband, I'm like, you know, I'm okay with the fact that my horse has a horse. It's fine. <laughs> like Comanche is 100% Sandy's horse. <laughs> He's like the dog, really. Let's, let's no, be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and honestly, the biggest thing with him is because I tried to take him out on a condition ride with me this weekend. Did not go well. He did good for the first mile. And then after that, he just, and like, yeah. So I had to take him back home and finish out my condition, right? So I'm like, okay, that's, that's something I, I can work on a little bit. I'm going to work on that, take him out when I go for walks and make sure that he just goes. Um, But yeah, overall, I mean, he is, like I said, he's, he's a pretty solid horse. I don't really think like he'd do things, but there are those moments where it's like, hmm, that's interesting. You don't know that. We should, we should come yeah. back down and figure this one out again. Yeah. Well, and every horse is a work in progress. Oh, just yeah. like every human is. They all have certain skills they need a little more work on. And it's just a matter of finding a horse that fits your skill set. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And then just slowly building the skill sets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and Comanche is one of those horses too. And I, I think like why I'm bringing him up is he could be sold as a beginner safe horse, like almost like I wouldn't sell him as that just because I know, you know, like, and, and where, where I'm at with my skill level, but he could be sold as a beginner safe horse. Like he really could under somebody else's care because he does saddle up great because Mm -hmm. yeah, I could put my mom on him and he would just follow me down the trail. No problem. But my confidence that he can go down a trail by himself is zero. <laughs> my confidence <laughs> that that when push came to shove, like could could he get control and, and calm down? Yeah, but it would take a minute and like you have to have that skill set. But it could it would be very easy to sell him as a beginner safe horse because they could come ride with me. I could throw him on him. He wouldn't do anything stupid. He would just follow me down the trail. He can he's not spooky on the trail. He can go by gunshots without much problem. Like he doesn't love them, but he can, he can do it. Like he can cross water. He can, you know, he can do a lot of things. And yeah. So it's just something to be aware of. It's like, just because somebody is selling a horse as a beginner safe horse doesn't necessarily mean the same thing, <laughs> you know, as beginner safe to me, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I'm a lot more thorough of what I require for a beginner horse. So Mm -hmm. just because, you know, you, you, you're around horses enough, especially young horses and you see different accidents or different situations and different things that happen with all these different personalities of horses. And, and as a trainer, you just come across so many different types and just every horse is so different that, yeah, the more horses you're around, the more you start to recognize different things that you look for in a horse for your kids or for your you know if you have a spouse that's not a horse person that you need a slightly more beginner type horse for and things like that that you're like oh I'm gonna add that to the the list of things that I need it (laughs) and it's trial and error I mean here I have this Mustang for my husband who has zero skills (laughs) (laughs) and yeah he does great with my husband right but my husband is never gonna take him out and just ride him by himself ever like that is not my husband's thing. He's only ever going to ride him with me. So in the situations that we do, that he does get ridden, he's great for us, but it has, it has helped me go, Oh, 
okay, but like I'm adding to my list that that this is what a horse for my husband actually needs. So when we go shopping again, I'm going to have a much more thorough list than when we got Comanche, right? Because yeah, Comanche's great. He does saddle up. He just just goes. He's, he's solid. He doesn't buck or anything. Once in a while, he takes off a little bit, but like not really, you know, it's more just like the prancing and he only gets far because my husband doesn't quite know how to stop it. <laughs> but, but you know, it's just, it's different. I feel like we almost need to make a list of like what a beginner horse would look like from a trainer's perspective. So people can actually see, because again, Comanche 100% could be sold as a beginner horse. 100% could be sold as a beginner horse to somebody who doesn't have the background that you and I have. Yeah. And it's like you said, sometimes it does go well and it, and it works out. And then sometimes you end up with with accidents so yeah. well it's like it's like my one client we've kind of been talking about his horse that that we got oh yeah been there done that can do everything was super solid when we tried her out was great came home bearing bucking kicking like can't can't get her can't get shoes on her feet without her almost killing the farrier like you know? <laughs> but was was great on paper and was great when we tried her out you know mm-hmm. it's just you just have to be careful it's hard it's it's hard to find the right horse it really is yeah well I think we covered most of it but maybe one of these days we'll have to do an episode about buying your first horse right and what to look for we will it's on the list (laughs) well all right we will chat with you all next week Thank you for listening to The Horsewoman Project. If you have a story to tell, please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com. Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.